What's up, everybody? I got Dr. Chris Sano. I am PG Braun, and this is Unfinished Business. And we're going to get into some fun, right? Some yeah. speed round action today. speed round. Let's see what we got. We've gotten very serious the past couple episodes. We wanted yeah. to start you guys off strong now that we have our official title. Yeah, I don't want to have bags in my eyes from crying the last two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to get into this. Um, PJ, you posted a picture of you at 280 fucking pounds. Yes. Um, let's talk about the life at 280. Because a friend of mine used to know Greg Kovacs. Mm-hmm. What was he, four? He was in the fours, 420 Like, he couldn't wipe Enormous. his ass. Enormous. Yeah, he had to carry a little fan around with and him. And he, had the, he yeah. could have had to do the, the, the floss yep. with the towel. Yep. Like, so what we take for granted is at 280, life changes little things. So I want to know, like, the little things in life where you're like, you know, you hear the, you know, tying your shoes, you wear sandals and shit. But so at 280, tell me, A, how that felt like. What, what were the things that were actually difficult that maybe mm-hmm. someone else takes for granted when you hit 280? Well, the how wor- tall are you, by the way? 5'8"? I am 5'8". I've actually gotten a little shorter as I've gotten older, so I'm 5'10", uh, but I was always teetered between 5'10 and a half and 5'11". Right. So I'm, I'm, we'll call it 5'10". At 280. Yeah. So explain. I, I don't want to know like, if it did but like the food, the amount, like yep. were you just miserable? Like how'd you feel? Uh, miserable, for sure. Now, here's the thing. I had this number in my head, which was silly. My, my 280 was my first goal yeah. of, of really 300 was what I wanted. Now, <laughs> Ed Connors, who is a legend in the industry, he is the man who started Gold's Gym. Him and Joe Gold started Gold's Gym. Uh, Joe Gold had the name. He, he, he was building the gym. Mm-hmm. Ed Connors uh, was an architect, brilliant man, who said, really? I, I, can, I can turn this into something big. And that's how it all started. And Ed Connors, I'm not going to throw numbers around, but they eventually sold Gold's Gym, the chain, for quite a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you wouldn't know it because it doesn't act you know, better than anybody. Uh, but he was one of the guys that was a big influence in me early in my mm-hmm. career, and everybody will say that about Ed Connors. He's flown uh, Flex Lewis, myself, all of us around to meet each other when we were young bodybuilders, and I thank him for all his insight over the years. He told me uh, that there was many bodybuilders who were um, – we had this quest to be 300 pounds, right? Nah. It was very common. And he said, there is no magic in 300 unless you're a bowler. <laughs> and I thought that was such a funny That's a statement. Very good, yeah. And and we just wanted to be three hundred. Yeah. So two hundred eighty was the first goal because let me tell you, I was eating so fucking much. So like, what were we talking? You know, Palumbo had his shakes, the Palumbo shake. Yeah. Like, like, what were you drinking? Things I, know. I had my brawn shakes. So, so what was the brawn shake? This was my day. I'm gonna walk you through yeah, my yeah, day. Yeah. You're gonna be disgusted by the end. Of this uh, day. I, that's what we want. Now, this is the hardest part about it is eating this every day. All right, so. I'm also going to state that to get this much food in, you have to be taking insulin. There's just no way you can do it without insulin. And real quick, guys, I just want to see what PJ just said. Like, you're hearing the whole story. Yeah. Because now, like, when they post people in their 10,000 calorie days, like, and they're eating ice creams and Oreos, like, you got to understand there's a shitload of insulin going on. Yeah. You can't get all those carbs in without the insulin. And train the same day. No. <laughs> it was just too much. <laughs> Doing legs, vertical leg press. Like Juan. That I'm like, how did he eat all that and do vertical leg press? Juan has a, a stomach <laughs> of iron, though. He'd be like, I got to eat a pint of ice cream before I we train. It. I don't I know how. It. And Juan, <laughs> shout out to Juan. Juan, yeah. instead of eating like chicken and rice, he would eat chicken parmesan. Hey. So he would have all that dairy and all that acid sitting in there. He just has a strong stomach, man. I think his body produced a lactose enzyme because mm-hmm. the amount of gallons of dairy gallons yeah i can't even really handle dairy anymore but i know you guys want to hear about what i was eating so this was my day so meal one and this was a 10 where did you start 
Because, I mean, 280, that time you hit 280, you were coming from what? What was your, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. that was your biggest, so you were ramping up from. Yeah, so while I had, I had tortured myself to make 225 shredded. Okay. And I was really, really shredded in the low 230s, and I was like, I got to keep coming down because I'm just not big enough. Back then, that's what we used to do. It was much different back then. Right. Like most of the heavyweights now, a lot of them are not, like they're not 225 peeled. You know, maybe they're 215, maybe mm -hmm. they're 217. Back then, the super, weight, the super heavyweights were guys that were really tall and they were just, ab you know, abnormally big. Mm -hmm. You know, so y you were going to come down. If you, were, if you were under six feet, no matter how jacked you are, you were going to find a way to make that heavyweight mm -hmm. class. So... We were really, really torturing ourselves with diuretics and stuff to make the weight. So I wanted to grow so much that I didn't have to do that anymore. I wanted to be a true super heavyweight, mm. right? So after uh, after the the two twenty five, what show I, was that? What show? I believe that that was after North Americans, perhaps okay. two thousand nine. So, so you look in uh, at July, like like end of summer. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna go hard. So I did my um, my post show rebound. And I got into the 250s. And then I did a very, very aggressive cycle. At the time, this was the most aggressive cycle I'd ever mm -hmm. done. I did. And it's funny because the things that I'm going to say are aggressive, which were very aggressive mm -hmm. to me, I think in many ways are, are, are quite common nowadays. Okay. So I decided that I was going to do uh, 500 milligrams of testosterone sipinate mm -hmm. three times a week. Right? So that's 1,500 milligrams of test a week. I also decided that I was going to do 100 milligrams of Trimbalone acetate every other day. Uh, and I was also going to do a 50 milligram Anadrol mm. before I trained every day. With my, which I now know was fake, uh, growth hormone, which mm. was my Chinese uh, blue tops back then. Mm. And I was doing uh, five units of GH at the time. You split them or you did it at one time? I did it all at one time. Okay. Back then I used to do it in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was doing my insulin. So my insulin was three times a day. I, I was doing 10 units. Fast acting. Of Novolog. Yep. Yeah. Three times a day. Breakfast, pre-workout, post-workout. So this is how my day went. So that was my cycle. And that cycle took me from uh, 263, pretty lean, yeah. uh, up to I was at 279 for a while. And I was like, why can't I just get this 80? And I'll never forget the day that I got on the scale and I was 280. I was so happy. It was very short-lived. Remember those, uh, the scales at Publix? If you guys don't have Publix, they're on the south. Yeah. East. I used to, like, before I got on the scale, I used to go to the water fountain and drink water to kind of, like, <laughs> just get a little bit of half a yeah. if I can. For me, though, I was so, and, and guys, people will get this. I was so meticulous that the only time that I would weigh, my, would weigh myself would be in the morning, I would pee, uh -huh. and then I would poop, and then I would make sure I had no clothes on, Mm -hmm. And then I would get on the scale. That was my only True. weight. That was my real fucking weight. Not the post gym. Nope. I don't want to know Close any of that. You wouldn't even look. I wouldn't even look. I was so crazy back then. I wouldn't even look. I'd stand backwards. Um, so I would start my day. Now, this is the life of a bodybuilder, man. This is the life of a bodybuilder when you read the stories about like, and it's funny because back then this is cool to me. And yeah. back now I look at it like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I'm waking up around eight o'clock, right? And I'm not eating breakfast until about 9. I'm going to tell you why. So I would wake up and I would do 30 minutes of fasted incline walking. And the reason that I did this is because it stimulated me to want to eat. Mm. Otherwise, there's no way I could get this breakfast down. So my breakfast was one pound of red potatoes that I would slice up thin 
and make it into my own home fries mm-hmm. with a eight ounce steak. And I would also have uh, two whole eggs with it, right? So a pound of fucking potatoes, a pound of fucking that's 16 ounces of potatoes. And right? then eight ounces of beef. Eight ounces of beef, two whole eggs. So you're like a pound and a half of food right there. Yeah. <laughs> that, was my, that was how I started my day. Now, after that meal, I took my insulin with that meal. So after that meal, what I had to do was just to make sure, and usually that was enough. Uh, the, way that, the way that guys back then would want to uh, really master how they utilized insulin is the average person is going to need about 10 grams of carbs per unit mm-hmm. of insulin. Some people might say 8, some people might say 12, but the average is going to be 10. So if you're at 10, you're kind of hitting what I think is the safe zone. I always wanted to have a little bit more than that. So my next meal after that, was and a lot of people didn't like this this product because it was kind of a byproduct of all the good stuff but species used to have waxy maize mm-hmm. right so i would have my next meal was two scoops of whey and i would have it in uh 100 grams of carbs from waxy maize uh and i would put one tablespoon of dave's macadamia oil in yeah there. i love that macadamia oil. Yep. Still does. i got a good deal on it i think is the real story but nobody knows think <laughs> i got a whole deal on it i got tons of it um, but my third meal, you have to understand, I was eating like this every day. Mm. You can imagine trying to train after this. So th- these were only, these meals were only two hours apart, right? So now after my, that breakfast with all those potatoes and the steak yeah. and everything, I had to lay on the couch, watch sports <laughs> center. You know, that was my, yeah. my thing. Then I would chug that, ki- that, that, that drink, go back to the couch. Now, a lot of times I made the drinks in advance just because I would have them in the fridge. I just didn't even want to be bothered yeah. with it at that point in my life. So I would go back to the couch till about noon. And then I would get up and I'd start preparing my next meal. So my next meal was uh, two cups of white rice. And I would have usually eight ounces of red meat into the white rice. All right. So that's meal three. Then meal four would be my going to the gym meal. So my meal four was, this was a very important one because Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have this until I was literally at the gym. Now, doing this on leg day, I had to do it a little bit different Mm because you'd throw up. Any other day, no big deal. So let's just say this is a chest day, right? Go to the gym. You get there. You bring your insulin into the the fucking bathroom like a junkie. And you go into the, you go. Where'd you, now, hit, where'd you hit it? Just belly? Yeah. Just, just. And nowadays, guys don't even care. You know, it's, no. but back then it was different, man. Yeah. Back then, you know, we're talking uh, early 2000s and whatnot. It was a lot different. There was, there was signs all over the locker rooms, like, yeah. you know, no steroids allowed, things like that. And um, so you go into the, to, to the locker room, you do your insulin. Now, what I used to do was I used to have, um, I was a big, big fan of Carbolin, mm-hmm. right? The original carbolin, the Art Atwood mm-hmm. carbolin. So I would do 100 grams of carbolin, and I would actually mix it with uh, just one scoop of whey isolate, but I would also throw a bunch of uh, BCAs in there. Mm-hmm. So about 20 grams of BCAs, and I would go right into my workout after that. Then my post-workout, I would do the same shake, but I would mix it with 20 ounces of Gatorade, which is another 30-some-odd mm. grams of carbs there. Uh, and I would also add in uh, creatine monohydrate, a shitload of glutamine, like 20 grams of glutamine, mm-hmm. some pure leucine. And it was clockwork for me. I paid very close attention to my body that at 70 minutes, I would go hypo. So based on how the day was, if I was hungry enough, I would eat before an hour. 
if I just couldn't eat because I was so bloated. Mm. I would actually wait till that 70 minute mark, but I knew I could not go more than 70 minutes. Mm. Otherwise, I'd start crashing really bad. And you don't end up, you don't want to feel that way. You feel like shit. Carlo, like so weak and sweaty. Yeah. So now we're at. If you think about it, we're at. That's essentially meal five, mm-hmm. right? Because those shakes still count. Of course, those shakes still count. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of free. a lot of <laughs> a lot of carbs yeah. and calories in there. So the next meal was key. This was the key to getting over 280. This is what I had to this, do. This, this is the post-post-workout. Yes. And this is real talk, and a lot of bodybuilders do stuff like this. Whether they say they do it, they mm-hmm. don't. It was either Wendy's or McDonald's. So mm-hmm. when I went to Wendy's, it was a classic triple uh, with a couple um, large fries. Or if I went to McDonald's, I used to have a field day at McDonald's. I love McDonald's. So I used to make what I called the McBronsters. <laughs> so you go to the dollar menu, right, and for 5 bucks. This is bodybuilding on a budget because we were broke back then. You get two McDoubles and two McChickens, right? So you're only at four bucks right there. Mm-hmm. Then with the other dollar, you can get yourself some fries. So you take the bottoms of each one off and you combine them. So you've got the McChicken top and crispy chicken with then the two burger patties and the bottom bun. That's a McBronster. Now, there's, a, there's something called the McGangbang which is different. The McBronster, I think, is better because the McGangbang, you actually put the bun in there. <laughs> and to me, like, you don't want all that extra bread. You're just trying to get all the good stuff in the middle. So, and now, back in the day, you used to be pretty public about this. And on the MD forums, there were guys that were like, oh, I had McBronster today. I took my kids to get it. We all loved it. And this is going back, you know, 15 years ago. So, anyone listening to this, the McBronster is still really good. I actually had Marissa try one recently. So, and now, at, at this point, you're feeling pretty gross mm. you know you're feeling pretty disgusting but if you want to get to 280 you got to put more weight on now if i couldn't go straight to mcdonald's whatever that day i would go home and i would often make a box of macaroni and cheese and about 12 ounces of ground beef and it would just mix it all together kind of just like boot, bootleg hamburger helper then i still had two more meals that i had to get in me no matter what so my next meal was either chicken or steak. Um, I always liked in the off season to eat a lot of red meat, uh, but sometimes you grill up a lot of chicken, you got extra chicken. So I'd have about uh, eight ounces of chicken in two cups of rice, and I would add in another one or two tablespoons of macadamia oil just to get the extra fat and calories in there. And then before bed, I had my poop shake is what I called it. Mm-hmm. But when I was really trying to push the weight, I, I often added more. I, I'll tell you what I used to do. So I used to do three scoops of whey isolate. Mm-hmm. And I also used to put three heaping tablespoons of all-natural peanut or almond butter in there. I would do a tablespoon of fiber. Dave had his fiber lies. I, I, I like sugar-free Metamucil. Uh, then I would put glutamine and other things that I felt were important for my body in there. And I would blend this all up with almond milk and um, with ice. And I would drink that as I was going to bed. Now, when I was really, really struggling, that, that, that 279, I was having a hard time cracking that, right? There's two things that I used to do. Number one, I used to snack somehow in between <laughs> on either... Uh, <laughs> Evan got me hooked on these Nature's Valley granola bars. Yeah. You know, the little green Nature's yeah, Valley. Yeah, the green ones. He'd be like, just eat them when you're in the car. Just extra calories. Uh, and if it wasn't that, I used to have – there was random fruit that I would eat, just a couple bananas, an apple, things like that, just to get the extra mm-hmm. calories in. And when I was really, really, stu- really really stubborn, that drink that I just told you mm-hmm. went into a blender with a pint of vanilla ice cream. Mm-hmm. 
And going to bed like that, man, you're waking up in the morning, and first of all, you're taking the nastiest dump ever. <laughs> um, but you're, sl- you're sleeping heavy when you yeah. do that. And that's how I had to eat to get to the 280. And how long were you up there? Let me tell you, if I missed a meal, I'd lose four pounds. Oh, I bet. It was ridiculous. So what do you think the calories were per day? Oh, man. Eight, around eight? If you do, if you do the math, the, the McDonald's is a thousand. If you do the math, you have to have. This is what Palumbo has also said. You have to have the McDonald's things like that to get those really calorically dense meals. Because what I used to eat at McDonald's actually was around two thousand calories. Right. So a, a, a couple of McDonald's sandwiches, you're already at a thousand calories. But to eat clean like that, mm. it's just it's next to impossible to do it to get those crazy crazy calories in. I mean, you can eat a lot clean. But think about this. I got guys that tell me that they have a hard time eating a cup of oatmeal in the yeah. morning, right? A cup of oatmeal is 50 grams of carbs. You, you know, you're only at 200 calories. So I had guys telling me that they were eating two cups of oatmeal in the morning. Of oatmeal in the morning. Now, I can eat a cup of oatmeal, no mm. problem. Two cups is a lot of goddamn food. Heavy. Now, I could do a shitload of cream of rice because it digests easy and, and there's no mm. gluten in it, right? But still you got a long ways to go to get those calories in if you're not doing McDonald's mm-hmm. and things like that. You almost, you almost have to do it. And so to eat like that, all you can really do is train and sit around. Freaking doing anything else was – I would get winded going up the stairs. Uh, finding clothes that fit was really like almost impossible. Having sex – so you're also usually pretty horny because mm-hmm. all this is testosterone and shit you're on too, right? So – at that weight, you're like waking up. Uh, I, I'm not even saying it for the sake of the story. Like you, you wake up, it's like four o'clock in the morning, and you're like ragingly horny. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you just flip over and just start jerking off because you don't know what else to do. But sex at that weight is tough because you can't be on top for that long because your arms are burning, your arms and delts are burning so hard <laughs> from supporting the weight. So you're either going to be doggy style, so you can kind of lean on on them, or you're getting she's riding you because she's got to do the work because you're so heavy. And it is an exhausting, and it's honestly a pretty miserable yeah. life. And I've had other buddies that said the same thing. They hated eating. You get to a point where you hate eating because your life revolves around mm. eating. It's a and, lot. And, and uh, the, the very hard part to balance there is you want to get that McDonald's-type food in, but too much, then it makes you full, and you don't even get your calories. Like, you know, let's say, well, I'll just eat. I'll do my macros. I'll just eat junk. But you have too many junk meals, then you're stuffed. Yep. You can't, and then you wind up not getting the calories. So it's, you get that one in there, but if you go overboard, I, I don't even know how you got your appetite up. Man, it was really hard. And a lot of guys used to say that they smoked weed, but I couldn't smoke weed. It's disgusting, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, if you do, that's your no. I, I remember, like, I, I don't, I hate it. Victor Martinez was big on like he had to smoke to eat. You know yeah, what I mean? Just, but for me, all sleep. it did was making paranoid. The last thing I wanted yeah. to do was eat. Um, and there was there was like certain things you could do to like produce like extra ghrelin and things like that that would help you. Like, now I'll tell you what was very important was digestive enzymes. Mm. You, you had to eat. Which one did you do? Well, enzymes or so back then? Um, I used to. Just as far as basic stuff goes, I used to chew um, papaya, chewable yeah. papayas. Well, are they good, man? They're like Pez. Dude, I was chewing those <laughs> things like candy all day candy. long. Like, now, the best, the best that, I, that I still swear by this day, and I got nothing out of this, by the way, and uh, they're a great, great brand, is uh, Now Nutrition. 
Uh, orange bottles, you guys yeah. have seen them. They've been around forever. Uh, but they make a product called Super Enzymes, right? And there's a bunch of things in there. Bromelain. Uh, you got the papayan in there. And your, lipase your, and all that. Lipase, analase, protease. Uh, there is ox bile. There's just mm. a great, great profile. And I'm telling you, I doubled the dose and took that shit with every meal. And, you know, back then, we didn't have things like Glycolog to, to yeah. shuttle those carbs. Now, we were using insulin. Uh, I never liked metformin back then. Horrible. Um, it just didn't feel good. So it was it was tough, dude. Eating was eating was the full-time job. It was the hardest part about it. So how long did you sustain that for? Not very long. So Did you then diet down for a show after that? Or? So I hit 280, and I was there for a very short period of time, and I kept going back down to 279, which was pissing me off. And I'm so true to myself that, you know, you'll hear people, bodybuilders like throw numbers around, right? Yeah, they fluff it, yeah. I've never been like that. I can't do it. I can't do it. I cannot tell a lie. I'm I'm like fucking George Washington. I I <laughs> if I was two seventy nine and a half, that's what I was yeah. telling you, you know. And so once I started dieting, this is funny, because this was my final year working mm-hmm. with Dave, and <laughs> Dave put you on keto right away. Boom. So the first two weeks, I'm not going to exaggerate because I'm sure no, you can. We just know. Well, what how much here? how much would you guess that I lost? I'm going to say 30 pounds. I'll tell you why. Because you take the carbs away, all, those, all that water, and then your metabolism was so damn high, I'd say 30 pounds. I, no, no, maybe, I'm sorry. I, I'll do 20. Because I think you lose five, six pounds the first three days. So I lost 25 pounds. Yeah, yeah. it's just, yeah, boom. How'd you I feel? lost 25 pounds. <laughs> I felt, for starters, I felt so light. <laughs> Yeah, dude. How many gallons? That's th- that's three gallons. No, four gallons of water. Now here's the no, funny no, thing. I felt so light, no, it's right? Three. Yeah. I felt so light, and then I felt instantly depressed. Yeah, all that work. All that work, and I'm not too much bigger than I would have been. Dude. All that work. Because you you were hard at that, man. That picture, you got veins through your triceps and stuff. That was no joke. I was so bummed out. So I'm like, you're telling me that I did all that. And I'm already down to 255s. And I'm like, so in my head, I was like, I am going to be 240 on stage, shredded. What do you at 280? You're like, I'm going to be yep. peeled. That's the plan. 240. And so now I'm already at 255, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. all right, well, what, let's see what's going to happen between mm-hmm. now and then to still accomplish this 240, which obviously didn't happen. Now, I will say there's a guest pose online. Everybody has seen it of me and Juan Morel uh, four weeks out guest yeah. posing, and I was 244. In that picture, so I was quality. I wasn't stage ready, but um, had I had done things a little bit differently, I think it could have been 240. I had to keep mm. coming down from there. Now I definitely should not have come. You saw you saw that video. I should not have come down from 244 mm. to 225. That was a little crazy. That was a little bit much for four weeks. <laughs> the good old diazide days, but I will never do it again because I will tell you that that year was the most cardio I ever had to do. Mm. And it was the most T3. Mm. Uh, and to, to be quite honest with you, like as my career went on, I used less and less T3. Mm. Now, I love T3. I hate Glenn. Uh, but when you understand how to use your thyroid production the right way, it's actually your best friend because you can manipulate how much more you can eat. So what do you do differently with T3? Well, two, two questions. Um, well, let's do the, two, three, the T3 question first. So like, how would you use the T3 that would, uh, in a smart way, like how you did it? So the way that you have to do it on a ketogenic diet is that oh, that's right. you have to keep increasing it because you're not, first of all, you're not producing necessary enzymes that your body needs anyway. Mm-hmm. You're also not manipulating your insulin at all. 
And so because of that, your thyroid production changes. It starts to slow down. So you actually have to kind of step your thyroid along the way. Now, when you don't do that, see, right after this, I went into the next uh, phase of my career, which was a lot more balanced uh, and with some cycling of carbs. Now, when you learn how to cycle the carbs the right way, you can utilize the T3 for periods of eating more. Um, not eating less because if you're eating less and you're taking the T3, you're going to lose muscle. You're going to get flat. And I found that it helped me eat more. And when you're eating more and you're training harder, you're still going to be burning the calories. You're just going to look a lot different than Mm -hmm. if you're just starving everything off. Yeah, you get that. Um, And then really towards the end of my career, most of my athletes that I worked with never used T3. And I hate Glenn. I hate Glenn. Now, do I like T3? Yes. Yeah. Um, But you don't need that much of it. Uh Uh-uh. You talk to some of these big guys, I'll tell you right yeah. now, uh, and and names are ele- irrelevant, but you guys know I know everybody. And they'll even tell you, they're like, oh, man, I, I split them in half, and I'll do like 12.5 here, 12.5 here. They're not eating, you know, mm-hmm. these guys that tell me they're on 150 MCGs of T3 and shit like that. It's fucking nuts. Nah. That's nuts to me. What is your uh, what is your take on, uh, this is just bro science, well, you hit 280. How long do you think someone needs to stay at that weight for it to quote-unquote stick? So that's you know, the, like, what's the theory on yeah, sticking? So, so, the, so the bro science uh, theory on sticking is actually, um, it's pretty accurate because obviously weight is water, right? Mm-hmm. And we are all water anyway. So mm-hmm. like when you see somebody that's 225 and then you see them at 215, uh, they may look a lot different or they may look, you know, close to the same. They're just at that point, the amount of water their muscles are holding might be a lot different because you know sarcoplasm is a lot different than just you know excess water that's underneath your skin Mm -hmm. so when you hit a weight and your body starts getting used to that weight that sticking weight right that is when i feel that your fascia expands enough to hold that water in Mm -hmm. and make it a part of your 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 normal everyday life Mm -hmm. right so you could like right now, I'm I'm probably a good I don't know I I bet you I must be seven ten pounds heavier than I was yesterday because I drank a lot of water yesterday, but I also did three bags of a thousand milliliter you know lactated ringers. So my body saturated all that up. I've been peeing a lot today, so it's all going to come out. That's not your true weight because you're just holding on to extra yeah. water. So I think that for you to hit a weight and really stay there, unfortunately, you got to be there for quite a while. Mm. I think that you got to be there for a solid, honestly, six months. Mm. If you if you hold it for three months, you'd be surprised. Well, maybe you wouldn't be surprised because you've you've done it up and down before. But you don't take me as the kind of guy that's like gotten like excessively heavy. No, no, I, I used to, I, I just didn't like to get f- uh, fluffy. Yeah, you know, John Kelly before because it just took a lot of fucking work. Mm-hmm. So this last time, what I, I I noticed the opposite way, PJ, like when I dieted down hard in October and it was just another shoot, another video, and it wound up becoming seven months before I started gaining weight. So it happens the opposite way. You, you stay lean for a long damn period of time, a new thermostat, and it's, it's yeah. a, that becomes your new set. Well, you, it's easy to stay harder. Yeah. Look well, yeah. at Dave Palumbo. He can't get, he can't, I mean, I'm sure he's not trying anymore. He but two meals a day. Right? Dude, he, he, he went, when, when Dave was first my coach, yeah. right? How much did he weigh then? He was huge. Upper two, 280. I think he was probably like, we'll call it 260. Right, because I know he had three something, right? Yeah, and he was not trying, but he was still eating quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, he always ate super clean, uh, but he ate around the clock. He was always eating salmon. He was a big salmon guy, brown rice, 
And I used to see Dave and his stringers no. and just these little nut hugger shorts that he <laughs> would wear. And I mean, he would bend over and you could see like the separation in his glutes yeah. always year round. So, I mean, the guy was shredded no matter what. And I think because he had so much muscle and that he had stayed there for so long, mm. obviously his basal metabolic rate yeah. changed and his body just got accustomed to being like that. So I am, I am by no means big anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm a, a big guy, yes, but I'm not big by bodybuilding standards, but I'm really lean. You know, like when I take off my yeah, shirt, absolutely. people are people are like, damn, you're freaking lean. And it's not that I'm trying. I'm not eating enough to get fat, but your body just gets to gets used to that. So now for me to get bigger, I'd have to really eat again. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'd have to really eat and start consistently eating around the clock to get that size back again. Mm-hmm. 280. Yeah, that's a great way. And so what were some of the things that were just you, you did take for granted? So like was the shoes, was it it's like you'd said the sex, uh anything else that was uh clothes was such a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only clothes that would fit. It's a funny story. So Ed Connors, when he brought me out to California, he wanted to so Ed Connors is the reason why that John Cena is John Cena. Hmm. True story. So he was actually working the desk at Ed's gym and he was like Train him for a show, and he was only like 18 years old, and he looked great. I think he did a show, and then he wanted to go, you know, further with it. Mm-hmm. Ed told him straight up, he goes, "You just don't have the genetics to be a good pro bodybuilder." And Cena was bummed out, and he goes, "But you're very charismatic. You're smart. Why don't you let me take you to meet Vince McMahon?" And John said, "You really don't think I can make it in bodybuilding?" And he, he was like, "You just don't have the right structure for it." So he was like, yeah, I would like to meet Vince McMahon. Took him to meet Vince McMahon. Vince liked him a lot. The rest is history. He became one of the most famous wrestlers of all time. Uh, I bet you he's glad that he made that decision. Oh, so glad. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And Ed's got some great stories like that. And he actually has all the pictures and documents to, like, show you. Like, you know, here's stuff that that people, like, fans Mm -hmm. would kill to see. Mm -hmm. You know, like, here's Cena at 18, like, posing. You know what I mean? He looked good. He was hard. He looked like a smaller version of how he looks now, yeah. um, but it just wasn't a, a, a pleasing shape. You know right, what right. I mean? But um, you know, cool stuff like that. Ed uh, brought me out to Cali, and I went to um, dinner with some uh, quote unquote important people. And uh, after dinner, he was like, "Are those the only jeans that you have?" And uh, cause the only the, jeans, he said. Yeah, because they were kind of like beat up. Yeah, yeah. You know, I said, "Man, you know how freaking hard it is." For me to buy jeans, I go, I bought these jeans at the big and tall. Yeah. And I just wear the belt really tight. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, but, you know, you're trying to represent yourself and you're going to these these big, important meetings and events. He's like, you got to look the part a little bit more. And I was like, well, I don't know where to get yeah. jeans to fit. And he's like, out here in L.A., you can get everything. So the first, he actually took me and got me my first two pairs of jeans that were actually nice jeans. And it was Lucky Brand jeans. Lucky Lucky Brand made these wide leg jeans mm-hmm. that bodybuilders could wear. And they were a little loose and they looked fine. But they weren't like big and tall, you know, cinching the waist yeah. in. They were, they, were, they were perfect. You know, if you had huge ass legs, they would fit you the right way. I remember Ben Bukulski was out there with me. Yeah. He had them. Jeez. And uh, so just clothes, man. Clothes was, was brutal. No matter what you do, you're going to wear a double X shirt and the arms are going to be skin tight. No matter what. No matter what. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so at 280, you know, again, one of those things, you know, you have goals to hit these certain things, but a lot, again, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of, you know, most of the times you hear people, when they hit those up-up weights, they're like, it just, 
It just not. It just no. wasn't worth it. I mean, I was strong. I had some good numbers in the gym as far as like low rep heavier stuff. But so you found strength that way because sometimes I noticed when I gained a lot of weight, I wasn't strong. I don't know if I just felt crappy all the time. Like I wasn't very strong. I I was almost strong when I was in the beginning stages of dieting we got some of that body fat mm-hmm. off and everything the, the diet's clicking you're, you're, and that's when my strength would go up but when i was heavy i don't know if because i held it around the trunk a lot Ugh. certain exercises i think were a little harder heavy Pull-ups. um yeah <laughs> definitely uh deadlifts are trickier when you're heavy yeah um squats actually my squat went right up because you have that extra like meat in the middle yeah. boom and that ass you get that extra ass weight but my bench always went way up when i was uh when I was heavy, when I was my heaviest, I used to do, I used to work up to 405 and do sets of 10 with 405. And then like just on certain days where I, where I wanted to feel good, I'd throw like 455 on there. Just do A one, triple, okay. you know, just do one just to be like, well, I can still move some weight. Mm. And I was always smart about that on, on the flat bench. But um, I mean, dumbbells, my gym only went up to 130s. So usually I would do, do dumbbells second. I mean, we grab the 130s and rep them out all, all day. Um Barbell rows too. It could barbell row four or five with decent form, like really, like you know, where it wasn't looking like a half-ass deadlift. But um, I think that also trying to move that weight with all that extra weight, mm-hmm. one wrong thing, one wrong move, you know, you're you're screwing yourself up long term. Where I don't think if I was that heavy, I would have tried to lift as heavy mm-hmm. either. I would have just lifted smarter. So that's another downside. Don't think about like the injuries you had. You, you did them in your twenties. Yeah, like your shoulders, stuff like that. I'm like, oh my god, he did it in his twenties. All my bad injuries happened between the age of nineteen to you figure twenty seven, twenty eight, yeah. and then they just degenerated over time. Well, I had I had completely ruptured my bicep when I was nineteen. That was before I even started my. What were you doing? I was powerlifting in contests. Just like a. It was a deadlift. Yeah. I still got the lift, 550 raw in the 198-pound division, one. And um, at the time, I was the AAU strongest teenage uh, 198-pound powerlifter in the United States. And um, so I was proud of that, but that was just, like, fun for me, you know? That was just stuff that I did with the bodybuilding. Yeah, so so let's – we always – I always like to end it with PJ sex stories. So you got a funny sex story at 280? 280 and sex. So where was I? Where was I? So 280 and sex, I was, um, I believe that I was still, I was most likely still dating this girl, Nicole. She was a great, great girl. And yeah. she, she loved me big too. And um, we, had, we had a great- How much gr- did she weigh? She was jacked. She was the first jacked girl I ever met. Nice. And by jacked, she was a figure competitor, you know? Yeah. So picture picture like um like Strobo. Yeah. But with like another like twenty pounds, but a little bit more off seasoning. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah. Full. I would say she was one sixty ish. That's a good weight. Yeah. Five tall. She was about five eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first time I ever this turned me on so much. I was at a powerhouse gym mm-hmm. in New York and I was in, in Brewster, New York, right on top of the ice arena. And I, I saw this girl, sexy-ass girl. She had that whole New York. She was from the Bronx. Mm-hmm. She had the whole, like, vibe. Bunch of guys working out, just walks over to the squat bar. There's 225 on mm-hmm. there. And I'm like, oh, she must not realize that they're, you know. She's waiting on there. <laughs> they're, they're doing that. And I went over, and next thing you know, she just walks it out. And 
I'm like, oh, she's, this girl's going to squat 225. And she busts it out for a set of 10. And at that time in my life, now now these things are a little bit more common. But at that time in my life, I've never seen, I'd never mm-hmm. seen a woman. You barely would see women that would squat a plate. Mm-hmm. And a, a woman that, could, that was hot, that could squat 225 with great form. I mean, ass to fucking grass, just like they say. And then walk it back in. It was, that, that was like love at first sight <laughs> for me. So we had some big, heavy... 280 pound sex yes. but i'll tell you 280 pound sex you're out of breath after your freaking forearms are burning so bad from supporting the weight right right um you're burning calories that you know that you don't want to be <laughs> burning i had a lot of lounging sex oh, nice. back then yeah <laughs> put up the pillows yeah, yeah yeah that's how big ronnie used to do it yeah i know i know a girl uh that dated big ron back in the day yeah. and she said ronnie he's the king he gets his sex in a recliner and he had this big reclining chair, and the girl would come and just get on top of him and ride him in the chair, and that, that was that was it. That was yeah, his. buddy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, man. Well, all right, there you go, man. I think that was great. Thank you for sharing that because it's it's great to like you, you got to go in the day in life when you see someone. It just you got to know all the sacrifice and the work and the uh, inc- not not only inconvenience but just not happy. No. I mean, not not a like never again. You're not looking forward to. Nope. That next meal. And or... the pressure, dude. The psychological yeah. pressure. Because in your head, you're like, I have to do all this stuff to be good, to win. Mm-hmm. This goes back to the winning thing. Yeah. If I don't get these meals in, do you know how many times I, I would, you know, something I, I didn't get into, and we won't drag this on, but you know how many times I threw up from having so much food in my stomach mm-hmm. and then either training hard or just having something not sit right with me or it yeah. being really hot, and the next thing you know, like you drink one of those shakes uh. real fast. Yeah. And you wind up throwing up. You do that burp throw up. Yeah. I mean, Palumbo said that he used to do stuff like that all the time, too. But, I mean, what a, what a miserable way to be. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to bodybuilding. Welcome, mm-hmm. and it's not even bodybuilding. It just it goes back to that winning at all costs to be the best, uh, to reach a status of uh, validity. Yep. And what you're doing. Dude, that was awesome. Good.